Hello everyone and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be discussing a wonderful success story about a single mum's journey from homeless and on Centrelink to becoming an award-winning CEO. My name is Lucy Good and I'm the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. My aim with these podcasts is to get useful, targeted information to single mums wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hunt down experts in the subjects that matter to single mums and I ask the questions that I think you want to know the answers to. The information being shared in my free podcast can save you time, money and a whole lot of worry. Why pay for services or waste time looking for information when you can get it right here? And if you have questions that are specific to your situation, my guests are always happy to go a step further. So don't be afraid to contact them directly if you like what you're hearing. And talking of guests, it's my great pleasure to introduce today's podcast guest, Kylie Travers. Now, if ever our single mothers need an inspirational story to teach us that anything is possible, if we really want it, then Kylie's story is the one. She's gone from being a homeless single mum on Centrelink due to domestic violence to multiple international award-winning CEO, speaker, author and charity advocate. Kylie now focuses on raising funds and awareness for homelessness and domestic violence through public speaking and her website kylietravers.com.au as well as sharing ways to make and save money at the thriftyissue.com.au. Welcome, Kylie. Thank you for having me. No, it's great to have you here. Now, I was just going to say that I'm so lucky that I have um, an opportunity to chat to single mums daily on my Facebook group, The Single Mum Vine. And I like to kind of road test or get ideas from them. Um, about what they need in terms of single mum resources and when I asked them what they wanted to hear me talk about on my podcast series I was inundated with ideas and something that came up repeatedly was inspirational stories and success stories and I, I just love these answers because it's what Beanstalk is all about it's about inspiring one another through support and positivity which means letting the single mums who are struggling see the others succeeding and helping them get to the sort of, if she can do it, I can too mindset. And really, that's what you've based your career on, isn't it, Kylie? Teaching others through your own experiences. Yeah, very much so. It's a huge focus of of what I do, and especially for single mums, that's a big area that I'm interested in, having spent so much time as a single mum and rebuilding my life as a single mum. Yeah, and that's why I just have so many questions for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to cut it down um, so it didn't go on too long. But look, we'll get we'll get straight into it. So, look, my first question is: you know, your story is nothing short of incredible and a true inspiration to single mums out there who are struggling with their lives. I believe that all success, success stories are a turning point. Um, well, they all like have a turning point, a time when you just decide that enough is enough and you have to do something. Can you tell me a little bit about your own turning point? 
Yeah, so I had I had a couple, but I think the major one that broke the camel's back uh, was obviously the domestic violence with my ex-husband. We were married for seven years when we separated, and I had just gotten to the point where I couldn't deal with it anymore. I realised that I deserved more, I was worth more, and I had sort of built up a little bit more confidence. And then within weeks of leaving him, I was robbed of everything, including my underwear. I was um, raped in the new home that we'd moved to, and we ended up homeless. So hitting rock bottom and having nothing but my daughters was pretty much the biggest turning point that you could have. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. And I mean, that just really, that just goes to show that it doesn't matter how bad it gets. There is still a way out of it, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I've always sort of held on to, especially during those times when, you know, you're just on the bathroom floor sobbing your heart out because everything just seems so horrendous and you can't see a way out. I, um, I have a particular quote that I've always used, which is, I am not what happened to me, I am what I choose to become by Carl Jung. And mm-hmm. I used to just say that on repeat because what else can you do? Like well, you have yeah. to believe that you can change it. You do. And it's amazing that even with all of those terrible things that happened, you still kind of had this this vision. And I mean, it must have been a very small vision at the time. Um, really quite hard to believe that you were going to come back up from that. But it was there, wasn't it? And that's that's what got you out of that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so to anyone, to any of the single mums listening, I suppose the message is um, here is it doesn't matter how bad it might be for you at the moment. You know, whatever's whatever is going on in your life, everything is a phase. Um, There is a way out. Um, You may not know quite what that is yet, but don't lose hope um, because um, there will be a way out of the situation. Um, okay, so, all right, so one of the main issues, and I know um, as I've been there, it's it's about changing your mindset. So when you're struggling to get through each day, physically, emotionally, possibly financially, it's hard to visualize anything better for your life, uh, which of course is a mindset issue. Um, unless we have the right mindset, we can't improve our lives. So Kylie, what are your tips to my single mums who feel they don't have the time, energy or ability to change their own mindsets? It's it's difficult. Um, I actually had some mental health issues at the time, so it was quite difficult. I sort of, I set up a 10 steps to success with goals method because I had set some small goals and started to have a little bit of success with them. And I realized that there were a few main points that enabled me to really focus and change my mindset and rebuild my life to what it is now. And I'll just I'll just touch on a few of them, but there's the links on my site. And it's the, to start with, like, know yourself. So take some time to work out what your core values are, um, such as mine, my family, integrity, health, those sorts of things are the key things that are important to me. And then I took the time to create a personal mission statement so I knew what it was that I was working for and I was able to call on these things when I was feeling really down. I could look at it and go, well, this is where I'm headed. And then you sort of take the time to prioritise and work out what's most important to you, what you want for your life, and then create a plan of action. And so I had some big goals. Obviously, I didn't want to be homeless anymore and I knew how much income I wanted to have and where I wanted to be living and, and all those sorts of things. But instead of just going, this is what I want, I created the SMART goals. And for those that haven't heard of the SMART system, it's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. 
So when I was working out my goals and what it was that I wanted to do, it was really specific. I knew the time frame. I could measure how I was going with all of it. And having that sort of visual reminder helped a lot. And then I created uh, vision boards. I found vision boards to be really beneficial. But I don't just have a vision board. I have a motivation wall. So I have my vision board on it. I've got my calendar with my goals and the timeframes for my goals and what's happening and when I've got my word for the year, which this year is commitment. I've got some quotes and I've got graphs up there for things like saving and I, I colour in each $50 amount and things like that. So I've got all of it there visually in front of me in my lounge room. So it's a constant reminder. And then any time where I don't feel I have the energy or the ability to, to do anything, there's my visual reminder going, well, yes, you can. This is what you're working for and this is how you're going to do it. And I think those sorts of things are really important to have those physical reminders everywhere. I even do things like write in permanent marker on my mirrors, my goals and affirmations and things like that so that it's just a constant reminder. Even in the bathroom, like on the bathroom mirror constantly has affirmations and things like that. And it doesn't just help me, it helps anybody that comes to our house. And it's interesting conversations that sort of come about from those those quotes that are set up around the place. And I find... I find having those conversations with other people actually gives me more energy and helps me stay focused as well. And it means on those times where I'm feeling really, really low, I can call on that as well as all the visual reminders that I have, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah it makes absolute sense. And um, I mean, I actually do similar things myself. And I think the beauty of visual as well is that you can get up in the morning and you can set yourself a goal. Um, but if you write that goal down, you remember it um, as the day goes on and you know it might, might be that you have a quite a difficult day and you just want to forget about what you wanted to do that morning but you come back and you've written it and stuck it on the front of your fridge you think no I'm going to carry through with this commitment that I made to myself so it's always in front of you and um, I love your idea of having a, a whole vision wall I mean yeah. that must just look fantastic and what I think would be really interesting with you Kylie would and I don't know whether you did it it would have been great to have sort of had a snapshot of that wall through the years because what's on your wall now would be so different to what was on there say five years ago um, and it would be quite an interesting um I do actually. Oh, I do, do have you? it, but I've never thought about posting it. I will, though. Yeah, I'll I'll get yeah. all the all the photos and put it together and put it on my site. Um, yeah, because I think my original vision board was done in like 2010, so that's when I was still in the the not so nice relationship. But um, yeah, since then, obviously, I've done a few others and expanded it to like a motivation wall. Yeah, actually, I'd never thought of that. I'll do that. Yeah, just a little, a little bit of your history and showing how far you've come. The things that yeah. you would have had on that wall a while ago would have been really quite basic needs um, for a home, for a living, um, for safety. Yes and no. Um, no. I've always been quite aspirational. I set a goal back at the end of 2009 to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. So even when I was homeless, that was at the back of my mind. Um, right. that that was where I wanted to get. So my goals have always been quite lofty. Um, yeah, so the vision board sort of reflected that. But the interesting thing I think that I do know has changed is that back then there was a lot more about, yeah, like the home aspect mm. heavily involved in it and that sort of, you know, things I wanted in my home and um, the type of home that I wanted in that, whereas now a home doesn't even feature on my wall. I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, there is literally nothing on there. <laughs> yeah, done that one. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that one travel and that sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's what's interesting as well is that it's not about saying putting together a vision and then achieving it and that's the end of it. This is an ongoing process, isn't it? So even with yeah. you where you are now, you've still got more visions and they're always changing. And when I actually, because as you know, I look at, I, I love what you do and I follow a lot oh, of what you. you do. And I was actually looking on your site at your 10 steps of success. And one of them that really appealed to me was the reassess one. Um, yeah, number nine. Yeah, really important one for single mums there because, for example, on my Facebook group, um, every few weeks or so, I put up a motivational Monday morning post and I say, come on, ladies, what are your goals this week? However big or small, share them with me and I'll check in with you on Friday and I'll see how you've done, you know, because if you hold someone accountable, they're more likely to, to do it. And then when I get back to them on the Friday, I do always say, look, have you smashed your goals? And I say, if you haven't, it doesn't matter. You just need to reassess them because that's what's so important as single mums or as mums or anyone really in this crazy fast world we live in. Things get in the way and you have to be able to say, well, I had a goal something's come up, I can't reach it, but I'm going to reassess it and I'm going to change it. And you shouldn't be afraid to do that because you will get there in the end, but you just have to keep kind of making changes and tweaks, don't you? Because it's not that easy for mums. (laughs) No, well, well, that's it. And realistically, you can go, I'm going to smash out work this week and I'm going to achieve all of this and this is my big goal. And then your kid has gastro for the week. And it's just like, well, (laughs) not achieving that this week, but you know what? We haven't died, so success is right there. Exactly. It's just come yeah. in another form, hasn't it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that's a big thing, reassessing and being gentle with ourselves and realising that we can't do absolutely everything and going and celebrating whatever little wins it is that we were able to do. And if you need to make changes, make changes. It's not a bad thing. Um, I'm not huge on quitting goals completely a lot of the time, but sometimes you've set a goal for a specific purpose and then your life and your priorities have changed and so that goal no longer serves you and if it's not serving you anymore and not getting you the lifestyle that you want then there's no point pursuing that goal yeah. sort of thing and that's so, about reassessing it again isn't exactly. it it's like not giving up don't give up reassess and change if you need to and if you even if say for example you have a goal you don't quite make it but you got some of the way that's still that's still a form of success isn't it so don't Absolutely. don't beat yourself up look at the good thing and yeah I'm really pleased to see a lot of single mums do that on the group as well because a lot of mm-hmm. them say well I made it to the end of the week <laughs> yeah you know and I think well well done that's a fantastic thing to do well it is it's huge because being a mum especially a single mum is really hard and people don't understand at all unless you're in the situation just how hard it is and for me I think goals are a way to sort of give you that give a focus of something that you want to do or a life that you want to have but the main part of that goal is actually the journey and the learning and the growing that you do because of it and the example that you set your children. So even if you do only one thing on your list for an entire month, the fact is you've done something on your list and so that should be celebrated. And you've done it along with a million other things as well exactly. that you have to do on a day-to-day basis. So pat on the back, I think. That's it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So look, I know you suggest focusing on seven key life areas to successfully live the life that we want to. Can you talk us through what these areas are and do you recommend that we kind of go for them all at the same time or do we put them into a certain order? How would you suggest we take action with the seven key life areas that you you talk about? 
Yeah, so the key life areas that are important to me and I think for most people in general are like your health, your family and relationships, um, finance, your business or career, personal development, um, time management and organisation and then travel is a big one for me and I think travel is important for us to you know experience the world and that sort of thing. Um, I think work out if those are the key areas that sit well with you um, and then work out where you're imbalanced. So what are the areas that you feel you're doing okay in, which ones need more work on and then instead of trying to tackle everything at once, I tend to work in 90-day blocks or like three-month blocks and so I'll go, all right, my focus this this quarter is health and these are the things that I'm going to do for my health. I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. I'm going to, you know, cut out sugar or whatever it is and that's going to be my thing and I'm going to track it daily and make sure that I'm doing it and then reassess at the end of the 90 days if that's something I still need to focus on or if I am in a position now to go, I've got that down pat, that's going to continue. I'm now going to focus on, you know, my organisation and time management in my life to get that sort of sorted i find if you try to tackle all of them at once you end up falling in a collapsed overwhelmed heap Mm. and so yeah find the one that's probably your biggest pain point and how you can address it and then focus on that and just just work through it and i suppose when you work through some they're actually going to help to improve others um at the time so if you're looking at say your health then it will actually you know if you if you're feeling down you're feeling low so you decide to improve on your health by say as you mentioned cutting out sugar or something like that it could make you feel better and that could actually help the family and relationship part of it all so yeah exactly and there's actually links with there's massive links between health and finance and organization so like when people start on one of those three the others tend to fall into place a little bit more as well so then when you do come time to sort of reassess again at the end of the three months you'll find that you've increased in other areas and it's like oh I don't have as much work to do as I thought I had just by focusing on that one core thing yeah I know what you mean and I I mean I love this idea when we talk about balance and imbalance with our lives because and it's something that I actually dedicate a whole module to in my e-course that I do for for single mums because when people when I really think of what I want from my life I want balance to me balance is a form of contentment Um, it's something which is really quite elusive to get that perfect balance um well I tend to focus on blending more than balance okay well Um, tell me about that that (laughs) That sounds easier (laughs) (laughs) well it's basically trying to get all the aspects of your life to work together and to flow together because whenever I think of balance it's kind of like you're on a tightrope or on a scales Mm, and you're constantly sort of doing that juggle and I think it's the word that has been most commonly used like balance and imbalance and that sort of thing but when I um really got down to the core of it I realized that what I wanted was for my life to all blend together and to work well and you know it's kind of like making a cake you know all the ingredients in your life if they're not in the right order and not mixing together you're going to end up with glue instead of cake and so it's just about blending it well picking what areas you need to work on to have more of or less of and that sort of thing and creating what your ideal lifestyle is no matter what society thinks it should be Mm -hmm. what works for you and your family and making that sort of your focus and working towards that yeah and I I like that word I like that word blended exactly I really get what you're saying about balance it is like you're on a tightrope you you, it can all just go crashing down at any time and we're all trying to keep up there balancing and walking along and looking like we're knowing what we're doing so I think that word blended I might have to start using that more (laughs) thank you (laughs) so look I love the phrase that you use that is that you've turned your obstacles into opportunities 
Love it. Can you tell us a little bit about the personal issues that you've overcome by doing this and maybe give us a few examples? Yeah, sure. So uh, 2012 is when I left the abusive relationship, like the abusive marriage, and we divorced in 2013. Um, So between 2012 and 2016, I went through domestic violence, homelessness, robbery, rape. I overcame borderline personality disorder. In 2015, I was paralyzed for most of the year, also had a cancer scare. So they thought I had the cancer that my mum died from. She was 37 when she passed away, but it turns out that I actually have a super rare condition and instead get to have annual surgery. So that's something I look forward to every year. (laughs) (laughs) And so that that was a lot in about sort of three and a half years um, is what all of that was. So obviously that's a lot of obstacles. But um, through all of that, I've had some amazing opportunities. It's changed my focus, changed my life. And some of the main things that I did to enable me to have that sort of focus that of viewing the obstacles as opportunities, like changing my life and that, was when things happened, I'd try and look for the positives and try and focus on having an attitude of gratitude. So, for example, the night I was robbed, I'd been in this house for one week right after leaving my ex-husband. There was ABO in place. It was all a huge mess. And to be clear, we don't think he's the one that robbed me. Um, turns out that this place had been robbed on average every three months. But... Um, I'd been in it a week. We came home, found out that I was robbed everything, including the underwear. I broke down in tears, as you do, and called my dad and the police. And as I was waiting for the police, I had some time to sort of calm down. And I was like, well, let's look at this realistically. Um, and I sat down and wrote out a list of why I could be grateful that I got robbed and what lessons or benefits or opportunities could come from it. And I ended up coming, with, coming up with quite a list and for starters, we weren't home, so my daughters and I weren't in any danger. Um, the only things that were taken were stuff. I had insurance, and having just left the relationship, it's not like I really wanted to keep the underwear from my wedding, like from my marriage and stuff like that. Like I wanted, I wanted new stuff, and being robbed meant that I now could get all my new stuff thanks to the insurance company instead of, you know, having to try and work out how I could pay for things myself because I'm sure, as we all know, as single mums, we put ourselves last, and it's, it's very rare that we'll spend you know a few thousand dollars on some new clothes and that sort of thing so then yeah I viewed I viewed all these things as all right these are these are some opportunities from it this is where I can be grateful in that and so by the time the police got there um, I was calm and I was okay about the situation and they were incredible the police that came that night were really really good and it all got sorted rather rather quickly with the, the police they never found who did it obviously but having that that attitude helped a lot because then the insurance company because it was right before Christmas uh, accused me of fraud so I went through to the fraud department and it took months to actually get my money so that was super fun but because I had the overall view of this is a good thing I can learn from this um, you know good stuff is going to come from this and it meant that I can afford you know more speech therapy that my daughters needed and all these other things I just kept that as my main focus even though I only had two dresses at this point um, it helped so much and I've used that every time something bad has come up I sort of stop and go all right what can I learn from this or what opportunity could come from this? What are the positives in this situation? Because I think we're so prone to just focusing on the negatives and going, oh, my gosh, this is just so hard. I can't cope. My life's never going to get better and all that sort of stuff. And as long as we're dwelling on that, our subconscious hones in on that. So our minds work, whatever we're sort of feeding and focusing on, our minds will look for that. So if we're looking at the positives and going, no, this will be okay, there'll be opportunities, that sort of thing, our mind will actively look for opportunities for it and bring it to us. So it's not, I'm not talking about like 
like I mean a lot of people refer to it as the law of attract- attraction or whatever but you physically got to do stuff to help yourself mm-hmm. as well but it's it's been shown in psychological studies that yeah what you focus on is what your mind will look for so the more you do the attitude of gratitude and those sorts of exercises the more likely you're going to be able to turn your obstacles into opportunities so it is, I mean, it's about training your mind in many ways, isn't it? Very to be more so. positive. And I mean, I am really am amazed. I, I know what you're saying. Um, I get what you're saying. I had a flood in my house last week. I had two big floods. Oh. And the inside of my house is totally wrecked. And I went through my, oh my God, what a disaster phase for a day or yeah. two. And um, But then now I've turned it around and very similar. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to get a whole new floor put in. I could actually do yeah. with a new floor. So yes, I've turned it around. Took a day or two to do that, I have to say, Kylie. But for you yeah. to be able to sit down straight after the event and be able to do that shows that you really are such a strong person and I to look you must be able to look back and think if I could do that at that time in my life when I was so low I can do anything yeah it it helped a lot I think also what helps is that my brain compartmentalizes everything and so I was focused only on the robbery at the time and these were the issues around the robbery so Separately, you know, the, the abuse and all that sort of stuff was separate, whereas typically women tend to pile everything on top together, which can make it all a whole lot worse. And so if you can just focus on the one issue at the one time, um, it's so much easier and gives you so much more strength because you're only battling, fighting one battle at that time instead of ten. Mm. And so, yeah, like it, it, it did help a lot when other things came up. Um, but, yeah, I, didn't, I guess I didn't really view it as – strength too much at the time it was just like well this is what I have to do because otherwise I just I could not have coped with the amount of stuff that was happening at that time to throw the robbery on top it just I wouldn't have coped Mm. so I think that's a really key point I just want to get that one out there to compartmentalize what's going on in your life and deal with the issue to hand on its own straight away get that sorted and then move on to the next one is what you're saying Um, and it's something that I actually talk about a lot in terms of work and or life um, I don't yeah. really believe in multitasking too much not with the big big things you've got to focus on one thing at a time do it properly and get it done and I think that saves time it even alleviates guilt because you're doing everything properly but I've never never really heard it referred to in this kind of situation where you're yeah. at rock bottom and you but it is true because when I think about my house you know I think well I you know oh my god it's happened at an awful time and then I sort of almost welcome in all these other issues to make it a bigger problem um but really you just need to say okay this is a problem I've got to sort this out and that's such great advice but for people who have got big issues happening in their world or if something does happen deal with it on its own separate it from everything else and it would be so much easier Absolutely. And I, and I do that when I, when I speak or whenever I have to revisit things about what, what's happened sort of thing. It's each one has its own little box in my head sort of thing. And so I sort of just run through it and it's like bang, 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 bang. This is everything that happened. And, but they're separate situations in my mind sort of thing, which throws a lot of people because it, it is a hard skill to master. Mm. But the thing is, once you've got that down pat, it actually helps in other areas of your life, such as communication and that sort of thing, um, because you can focus on the one task at hand. So say you're having a disagreement with somebody and they may have done you know multiple things that have really upset you over the few years if you just focus on the one task at hand and can deal with that instead of bringing up all the past issues it makes it so much easier to communicate and solve the problems and so I sort of I compartmentalize in every aspect of my life as much as possible just to be able to yeah handle each situation as it comes and as it happens and 
yeah, focus on the positives of it instead of the negatives. Yeah. yeah. And just um, with your answer to that question, do you think, I mean, you talk about the small period of time in which everything happened to you. Um, and there was a lot of issues, always practical issues in your life in terms of homelessness. And then you had a lot of health issues at the same time. Do you think they were connected in any way? Do you think that the yeah, stress? Definitely. Yeah, okay. A- absolutely. Um, the cancer condition, I'm not 100% certain on because that might be genetic. Um, and they just they don't really know much about that at all. But the paralysis um, for certain, the borderline personality disorder um, and the mental health issues were all definitely connected to the environment that I was in and um, trauma surrounding that, uh, that sort of thing. They suspect that the paralysis may, like my doctors in Canberra weren't fantastic, but my doctors in Melbourne have been really good and they suspected that it may have been Julian Barra's disease. And these sorts of issues are really common with people that, um, particularly women who leave domestic violence or family violence situations and or who experience homelessness or any of those sorts of things, cancer, heart issues, um, digestive issues, paralysis, all of them um, are fairly common and it doesn't happen immediately. It tends to happen within the few years after they've left that they have significant health issues. So, yeah, I do think it's connected. That is so interesting. And, yes, and so another red flag that if anyone is suffering with things in their lives that are making them unhappy... There's, you know, so many reasons why you do need to, as you say, compartmentalize and sort that out because it's going to possibly lead to health issues in the future, um, which you just don't want. You know, we want to move on. We want to have good, healthy, happy lives with our kids. Yeah. And focus on the self-care with that. I think one thing that we tend to do when we're in situations where everything just feels impossible is we neglect ourselves a bit. And if you neglect yourself long term, or put everybody first, everybody else first long term, eventually you will fall in a heap. And when you fall in a heap, you're not going to be any good to anyone. So taking care of yourself throughout that whole process is crucial. It's one of the important things that you can do for everyone is to take care of yourself. Couldn't agree more. We are number one and you can't drink from an empty cup. (laughs) Exactly. So you just, you know, you do have to, obviously we focus so much on our kids, but I know I'm terrible. If I haven't slept properly, I'm not a good mum. I need to get a decent night's sleep. I need healthy food inside me and I'll be a better mum. I think my kids know that now and they don't wake me up in the morning. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) They've got the hang of it. They don't come anywhere near me. That's it. (laughs) Except my youngest has just learned to um, operate the coffee machine. I've just got a pod coffee machine. So oh, yeah. she, she creeps in at about half past seven in the morning with a coffee for me. So oh, <laughs> I feel very lucky. But um, look, you have an incredibly compelling story. You faced hardships and challenges, which many people never experience any of, not even once. Yet you're here today, you're smiling, you're content, you're also hugely successful in what you do. So do you believe you wouldn't have the success you do today without having endured the difficulties of your past? Absolutely. I'm 100% positive that I wouldn't be where I am today without all of those hardships. Um, They forced me to focus and think outside of myself. I had to be an example for my daughters and they are what motivated me and gave me direction because I didn't, well, we couldn't stay where we were. We couldn't be homeless. I couldn't just wallow in that. Um, and then it's actually through those hardships that I've had a lot of opportunities because they taught me self-confidence, self-care and self-love. And because of what happened and the situation that I was in and then rebuilding myself, I ended up doing a lot of volunteering, which 
led to like the awards that I've won and my company and different networking opportunities and that sort of thing and all of it I can tie back to those horrible experiences and overcoming them and turning them into opportunities and yeah if I hadn't hadn't had them I would probably be I was a fairly negative person before them to be honest um and had a lot of issues on antidepressants and and everything like that and this, these traumas basically snapped me out of it because I didn't have a choice anymore. We were at rock bottom and it was up to me to rebuild for my daughters and to do what I could. And I never viewed anything that I was doing as anything other than what I had to do. I just saw it as this was my path. This is what I had to do. This is the only way we're going to get the life that I want. And I'll do everything that I need to do to make sure that my daughters have the best life possible. And because of that attitude, I guess, that contributed a lot to it, but that attitude was born out of the trauma. Mm, yeah, and that's just another really great message to pass on here. So if there are mums out there who are currently experience, experiencing hard times at the moment, you may not feel it now, but you're probably learning quite a lot at the moment. And what you're learning is actually going to make your life better at some point in the future. That's right, isn't it really, Kylie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. If you, if you use it and accept the lessons that it's teaching you, then the life that you'll have afterwards and the strength that you'll have within yourself is incredible. Mm. And single mums build up this incredible strength and they don't realise it often. You have to point it out to them because they've been so busy just getting by. Um, they haven't realised how strong they've become and how many other wonderful attributes they've gained through their journey. And I love to point that out to them. And they're like, oh, really? It's Yeah, you know, you, you've become more determined, you've become stronger, you're more resilient. Um, yeah. They, people don't realise, we don't have time to stop and think about that, do we, unfortunately? But we should. Well, no, because we, we just view it as this is my life, this is what I have to do. And so you just, you go through the process and... I remember when I've like, you know, left my kids with other people for a little bit so I could go do a conference or whatever and be gone for a few days and, and things like that. And I come back and they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how hard it was to be a single mum. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, you had three days of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh like, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> you know, but, but it gives people a, a bit of an appreciation. Like I think often single mothers are sort of looked down upon in society and so we're actually trying that much harder to do everything because there's that stigma related to being a single mum there's sort of almost like I don't know if people have heard about like the single mother hierarchy Mm. where it's like if you're a single mother because of widowhood that seems to be you know socially acceptable and then you know if you're a single mother because of situations like like mine domestic violence and that sort of thing that's that's semi-okay but you know if your relationship just broke down or something like that or you decided that this wasn't the right thing for you anymore then or, you know, you got pregnant outside of marriage, you know, which is a really antiquated view of things, it seems that there's different levels of stigmatism associated with it. And so you're not only just rebuilding your life and trying to focus on everything every day, you're actually battling stigmatism every single day and that discrimination every single day, whether you realise it or not. I mean, you get that for being a woman already, but on top mm-hmm. of that, being a single mother. And so you're mentally dealing with so much more than anybody else and the strength that you have is incredible. Mm-hmm but you don't stop to appreciate it because this is just your life and what you have to do. And so, yeah, I have massive respect for for single mums. Yeah, and also, I just, as you were saying that, happy International Women's Day it is today, isn't it? (laughs) So we should be celebrating, you know, womanhood and and all the wonderful things about being a single mum and what 
what being a single mum is doing to us as people, which is Absolutely. really a good thing. And Definitely. Something that I strongly believe and, and, and I actually focus on in my own course is that by improving our lives, we're in turn helping our children. So we're teaching them valuable life lessons um, as they watch mummy aspire and achieve. Um, they're more likely to do that with their own lives. Um, I mention this because so many time poor single mums feel guilty to spend time on self-improvement. Um, I mean, I know we just touched on this anyway. Mm. Um, they feel that they, they should be focusing on their, their children um, rather than on making their own lives better. But So can you just tell us a little bit about the impact your success has had um, on your children's lives? Yeah, absolutely. So I was raised in a Mormon family. Um, I'm not Mormon anymore, but that's how I was raised. And there was the belief that the mum should be at home. And there's a quote that was often drummed into us. Um, and I can't remember which Mormon prophet said it, but one of them said, no other success can compensate for failure in the home. And that made me feel, especially when I was going through the divorce and that, that I was the biggest failure in the world. And that, you know, I was failing. And so my focus should be completely on my daughters. And that's crap. Like, that's absolute crap, yes. <laughs> um, I realise now. But at the time, that was my world, and it's like, all right, you know, my daughters have to become my, my number one. And then once I realised that that was crap, um, I realised that I had to be an example for my daughters, and the example I set for them would have a huge impact on their life. And so the example that I have set for them and everything that I've done has actually had a massive ripple effect with their friends and the community in general. Um, my daughters actually went from being too scared to even go to the shops because they'd freak out if a man looked at them because of the sort of abuse that we were subjected to, to the now they believe that they can do or be anything that they put their mind to and they encourage their friends to do the same. And so I'm now regularly told like how well behaved my kids are, how confident they are and how sure they are in everything. My kids willingly pipe up in school and they tell other children, you know, if they're bullying or whatever to back off and they protect other kids and all that sort of thing. And by working and showing my kids the reality of life and teaching them to be self-sufficient. So, for example, my kids can do everything within the home from scrubbing the toilet to getting basic dinners and that sort of thing. Um, even showing them starting a new relationship. So I'm with a new partner now. By doing all of these things, I've shown them what life is really like. I've taught them how to take care of themselves. And I realized that if you spend your life sacrificing everything for your children, they're likely to either walk all over you and it'll be really bad in teenage years for you or they'll end up in a relationship where they're walked all over because it's the example they had. They saw mum bending over backwards and doing everything for the kids and not taking care of herself. So that's that's what you're supposed to do and they'll do that just because it's, it's built into their subconscious. Like we typically parent similar to our parents whether we mean to or not um, and we tend to sort of formulate relationships similar to, to our parents at times because that's what we've seen. And that's what we know. And so when I look at my kids in comparison to many other kids that they hang out with, there's a big difference because my children talk really proudly about, about me and about the things that I've done and the things that I do. And they're open about their experience with homelessness and, and those sorts of things. And it's interesting because by them being so confident and me being so open, we have an amazing relationship to the point now where other kids are asking them questions and other kids are coming to ask and, you know, the difficult questions that their parents won't answer sort of thing, they want to hear from me, which I don't do without the parents' permission, just just to be mm. clear. <laughs> but I won't step on anybody's toes. You're probably there. doing them a favour, by the way. <laughs> well, they're, they're usually quite happy for me to answer whatever because it's always age-appropriate and, and that sort of thing. But I just look at it and I'm like, I can see that I'm raising the kind of women that I want to raise and that I wish 
I had their confidence when I was a child mm. because I ended up in an abusive relationship because I had no self-esteem and I was depressed and I just didn't think I was worthwhile and I didn't leave that relationship until I had self-worth and so I was in my late 20s by that point and I look at it and I'm like I never want my daughters to have to, to feel like that or to end up in that sort of situation and the best thing that I can do is to live the best life possible to show them mm. what they can do and that they can achieve anything and that has meant at times that I've gone away for a week or two on conferences or over um, not over Christmas sorry just after Christmas my partner and I went to Vietnam for two weeks and they stayed with his parents which his parents were really excited about because it meant one-on-one -on -one time for them but by doing that they got to see that I have a life as well and yes. they were really excited and yeah. they were you know wanted to hear about our travels and that sort of thing but you know they saw that in a relationship it's okay for the mum and dad to go do their own thing and you know the kids get to have fun with grandma and that sort of stuff and and that's okay that's that's normal and I want them to see that looking after themselves is normal because I can tell you by that point my partner and I really 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 needed a break mm. not <laughs> not from the girls like the girls were brilliant but it's like we had never actually been away on our own in the time we'd known each other um that wasn't for work and we were also really stressed out from work and that sort of thing it was just like we need to go somewhere and chill mm -hmm. and the girls knew it and when we came back we were better parents definitely and so, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that whole side of things and you're, you're doing them such a huge favor as well because they're not going to have any sudden bumps down to reality as they grow up and suddenly think, oh my God, so this is real life? They're learning yeah. what real life is as they grow up. They understand that working equals paying bills equals surviving really, aren't they? Exactly. And that's the way it is. Um, and I'm, I just got an example myself because my, my eldest daughter is 13 and she hangs out with two lovely girls and we live in a beach town and they love the beach. They're surfing chicks and they're always down at the beach and in the in the um sort of billabong and all these beach shops down down oh, the yeah. street which they love and um, obviously very pricey but um they <laughs> all discovered this new bikini that was all the rage and all three of them wanted it and then they went back down to the beach the following day and it turned out that the two other girls my daughter's friends their parents had bought them this bikini from billabong mm -hmm. But my daughter still didn't have it. So she came home and she had saved up some money. So she wanted to go online because it didn't have the colour she wanted. So she said, if she gave me the money, would I order it on my card? Which I said I would. But she couldn't afford the bottoms. So yeah. she just bought the top with her own money. And I quickly nipped online afterwards because it was before Christmas. And I bought her the bottoms and I for her stocking. Yeah. Um, but I thought... I felt sorry for her in a way because she had to use her own money. She couldn't get it all at once. But I thought it's a much better lesson to be teaching her than just saying, I want it and they get it, which is what her friends had. Absolutely. And like my, my daughters have that too. And they complain at times where they're like, our friends just get this much. Our friends get $50 a week. Our friends just, their parents buy them everything. And I became my parents in a little bit of a way, which, you know, was a horrifying moment. But I said to them, I'm like, oh, yeah. That's great. And I said, do you know what happened to my friends at school that all got bought everything that they wanted? And they were like, what? And I said, well, my friends got given everything that they wanted. They've now ended up, you know, not very good at their jobs. They don't have great fun. They don't have good relationships. And the ones that got given cars when they were 16 all had car accidents. And they were just like, what? Now, that's mm. probably a bit of exaggeration. I'm sure not all of them do. But <laughs> it doesn't hurt, but, does it, to exaggerate no, every now and then? <laughs> that's it. And I said to them, I said, how much more do you appreciate the stuff that you've worked for and that you've saved your money for and that you have um, in comparison to how your friends treat their, their belongings? And they're like, oh, yeah. 
And I said, and how much more do you play with the things that you have in comparison to your friends with all the stuff that they get? And they've sort of begun to realize these things and they've seen the value of it. And they, mm. it's funny, even when they find coins on the street now, they immediately hand it to me. They're like, can you transfer that to my account? Yes, like, yes, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, I just think, and I love seeing my kids do that. At the moment, I've got a pile of money on the side that my one of my daughters has saved up and wants me to put it into her bank account. So exactly the same, Kylie. And yeah. you know, yes, there is a certain amount of guilt, but I know in the long run that we are definitely doing the best thing for our kids doing this. And my daughter's, my eldest is the same. She said to me, Mum, I'm so proud of you. You're working, you're setting up a business, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I thought, you know, I wonder how many kids do really feel that about their parents feel proud of them um yeah it's, it's just great so I think we're doing them a massive favor <laughs> absolutely now look I've got one more question I haven't really got time for it but I'm just going to throw it in there because um, I really really want to so look if there's one clear message one piece of actionable advice that single mums can take away from this podcast that will help them to overcome their obstacles and turn them into opportunities as we spoke about what would that piece of advice be so I mentioned my favorite quote before, which is, I'm not what happened to me. I'm what I choose to become by Carl Jung. And that has been key for my life. I even have it printed on a cuff. And I, I think focusing on that, you realize that you can achieve anything that you want in life. It won't happen overnight, but if you're determined and committed, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So really you, we have a choice, don't we? Yeah, we have a choice absolutely. about what we do. So um, that's quite an exciting thing really, isn't it? So we can either stay put or we can make a choice to do something else with our lives. Yeah, that's it. And and with that, I think we also have the choice in when bad things happen, how much control are we going to give to it? So are we going to let it take over complete control of our life or are we going to choose to look for a better path and work our way out of it as hard as that can be, um, looking for the positive and moving forward towards that instead of choosing to stay where you are. Yeah. And also, and I just loved what you said earlier about just compartmentalizing it, just move it away from everything else, deal with it. Don't involve everything else in that issue. It doesn't need to be involved in it. No. So you just become overwhelmed if you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So look, that that is all we've got time for today. (laughs) I've had, (laughs) I've got quite a few podcasts under my belt now, but I have to say that this one's been the best so far, enlightening, emotional. It's just been so, so lovely to to chat. Um, And there's nothing more empowering for single mums than to hear a real life story um, of such incredible strength and determination. Um, Now, Kylie has got a giveaway that I know you single mums will love. Um, Kylie, can you tell us a little bit about this freebie and where the single mums listening should go to get it? Yes, so I created a free ebook that people can download with 51 ways to make money in it, um, with the focus of it being, you know, particularly single mums, because that's what I did. So a lot of the ideas I've done in it, and it's available on the thriftyissue.com.au. If you just search for 51 ways to make money on there, it'll it'll come up and you can download it for free. You can share it with anybody that you want. Um, you don't have to sign up to my email or anything for it. It's literally just download it and use it. Ask me questions if you want about it. But yeah, the main focus was just to be able to help people sort of generate a little bit more money on the side and yeah, improve their life a little bit with no strings attached. (laughs) Great. Thanks so much for that, Kylie. That's brilliant. Thank you. um, I feel truly honoured to have had this opportunity to share your story amongst the people I know that it will help the most, which is my single mum. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, single mums, for listening. I hope you're feeling suitably inspired. Just remember that however hard life gets, you're learning every day 
and you're building a strength within that will allow you to rise above and become everything that you choose to be. Until next time, ladies, goodbye.